Welcome to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we teach you about nutrition and the art of working in so you can get the most out of working out. Today's episode centered around a very important topic, the ability to connect deeply with the people around you. And this episode is brought to you by us, Beyond Macros, a nutrition coaching company that helps you get leaner, stronger, and perform better through sustainable habit changes rather than restrictive dieting. We maintain a low client-to-coach ratio by design because we believe that if you really want to change, you need a coach who is going to take the time to connect with you and learn your habits and routines. Our one-on-one clients meet with our coaches face-to-face over video chat right off the bat. If your program doesn't give you FaceTime with a coach, can you really form a human connection and willingness to follow their lead? Even our group coaching program includes the opportunity to get a human interaction during office hours. This is a key ingredient to making a transformation that lasts. So to get started with your transformation, go to beyondmacros.com and sign up for our free macro counting mini course. Today's episode is filled with actions you can take to improve your communication and connections with people. This has the major benefit of creating fulfilling relationships where you feel safe being vulnerable and can hold space for others to be expressive with you. By using these practices to improve your relationships, you are also reducing one of the largest contributors to your mental and emotional stress burden, and this will have a huge impact on your quality life and health. If you are a coach, these tactics can also help you to connect deeply with your clients and increase your success rate referrals and retention rates. Warren Buffett, actually, he he mentioned how the most valuable course or piece of education that he received was like a $100 communication course that he took when he was in college or maybe after college, something like that. And that influenced like, I'm sure there's many more things that go into his success, but hearing from an, at an early age that communication was so important to this guy and he valued it. I seem to have a higher awareness for it. And I looked around at the people around me to see, oh, this person's really good at just communicating their message and articulating the words in a way that makes sense. Like the training principles here are very similar between these five different fitness professionals. They believe in a lot of the same things. But when it comes to attracting clientele, retaining clientele, and, you know, making kind of a successful living in this profession, at least from my perspective at the time, it was like, wow, this this really does come back to communication and how they're connecting with people. Today, I spoke with Ms. Bahawk, who is currently coaching with Marcus Philly at Revival Strength. He's the host of the Airborne Mind podcast, and most relevant to today's conversation, he recently released a course for coaches called The Art and Science of Connection. I've learned that your pain becomes your passion, so I took a minute to learn the story about how Mizbah overcame his struggles with connection. It just takes me back to just growing up and being someone who was very uh, attuned to conversations, how people are feeling, and definitely a little awkward, a little shy along the way. And I always felt like that was there, you know, like I'm naturally a bit of an anxious person, even though I don't come off that way. And so on my own, it was 
you know, reading books, um, watching videos, trying things out in person and over implementing these changes that would inevitably take a, a solid year or two before it was actually, um, you know, internalized into like my day to day conversations and stuff. And then before you know it, it was like the next thing. So I was comfortable now, like talking to people. Okay. Now I want to remove the filler words. Okay. Now I want to stop uh, rambling on when I'm talking about a subject and kind of get lost in my own context. So it was just being being aware of those types of uh, situations. I also learned that Mizba has been dabbling in comedy recently as a way to further hone his communication and connection skills. More on that later. On the topic of awareness, Mizba dug a little bit deeper into how this is the first step in improving your ability to connect with people. It takes awareness first. Um, I know that's something that's thrown a lot, uh, thrown around a lot these days is, oh, self-awareness, self-awareness. And another word to describe that is maybe noticing. So just having, uh, these noticings around, oh, when I, when I, talk to somebody in this setting, I get really anxious or I get really scared or I all of a sudden close off a little bit or I seem to ramble a lot when I'm in front of people here. And then asking questions and exploring through questions. That's something that's super important in comedy as well. But asking yourself, where is this fear coming from? What's making me anxious? How is this kind of showing up? And having that capacity to sit there and it's uncomfortable at times, but asking yourself some of those questions and digging a little bit deeper and investigating is really the first step. Because if you have no awareness or noticing around how you're communicating with your partner and your boss and your team and your whoever is showing up in your day to day, there's no room for anything to really grow at that point. But once you have that noticing and that awareness, then now we can start making some changes and, and maybe guiding some direction. Once you take the time to notice your patterns, then it's possible to take steps to improve or change them. Mizba mentions that after awareness, creating space for presence with the people who you want to connect with is an important step. For him, he uses journaling as one of his practices to cultivate this presence. I will, at any point throughout the day, if I think of something, whether it's material for a joke or a to-do that I have or uh, just a note that I want to make to myself, just me putting it down on my phone or anywhere allows it to like release a little bit from my brain. It like creates space. It's kind of like when your hard drive is so freaking full or your camera roll on your phone is so full that your phone's just not even functioning properly, but then you go and delete like a hundred different videos and all of a sudden it's working again. That's how I see the act of releasing your thoughts onto paper or onto something uh, that you can refer back to later. It just creates space. And that space is one of the keys to presence. I see it as me having a ton of thoughts clouding my head or a ton of ideas that are coming to me. And I can no longer be present with the people that are in front of me or the clients that I'm working with or my coworkers or my partner. Um, if all of those thoughts are rushing around in my head. So if I put that down somewhere, it's not that I'm necessarily just deleting it from my brain, but it's almost like I'm archiving it for a little bit and then I'll come back to it at some point and 
you know, I think there does need to be some way to categorize or uh, systemize some of your thoughts once it's on paper into a way that's actionable and sustainable for you. And that might differ from person to person. But when it creates space uh, from you kind of releasing it onto paper, now you don't have a hundred thoughts going through your head and you're able to relax a little bit and, you know, take that deep breath and connect with that person that's in front of you. And there is now space for good words to formulate and good language and, and dialogue. Um, so that's really how I see it transferring into day to day is, you know, whatever it is that you're thinking about or working on or that's consuming your mind, even if it's just fear and anxiety around just day to day tasks that you have to do, if you can somehow figure out a way to release it onto paper, or maybe it's a different medium for some people, but it creates space for you to be more present with those around you and give more energy to them. Having presence with the people who you want to connect with is the key to making those interactions feel fulfilling. Presence to me is that feeling of when you walk away from a conversation, right? Or that, you know, that's whether let's say it's on the floor, you're working with a couple different clients and you have a great conversation and it gives you that warm, like hearty feeling and, and that affirmation of, Oh, this is, this is why I do this. This is why I love talking to people. This is why I love my job or whatever it might be for that person. It's totally the key to having more fulfillment. In my opinion, I walk away from those conversations feeling super fulfilled. You know, even these conversations, this one that I'm having with you right now, like I'm totally engaged. I'm feeling really good about it. And when I walk away, I'm going to be like, wow, that conversation with Matt left me, you know, uh, thinking of a couple different thoughts. It raised some new questions for me, or I learned this about myself. Um, and that would never have happened if I, you know, wasn't able to be present with you. If I was still thinking about, you know, the next consultation that I have to do or the rest of the things I have to do at nighttime or whatever it might be, you know, that same quality of conversation and connection would not happen if that presence wasn't there first. You can also communicate presence and connection with eye contact and silence. Mizbah had been hearing over and over about the power of eye contact. But it wasn't until this workshop, when things got awkward, that he actually understood its power. My most profound experience with this, uh, in terms of actually being able to implement it more and having that aha moment where it's like, oh, I get it now. You know, after like years and years and years of hearing this, this is when I got it, was when I was doing uh, something, it was a workshop called a speaking circle. And an exercise that we had to do was sitting with a partner who's in front of you, and you guys are going to stare into each other's eyes for a about two minutes without saying a word and with like just kind of embracing all the awkwardness and the giggles and whatever else comes with that. You're, you're just not allowed to say anything or acknowledge the person in front of you. It's just stare into each other's eyes and get comfortable with the silence. So I would say it's eye contact and silence. Uh, I have a tendency to want to fill the space really fast. Um, and so that workshop specifically was a game changer for me because uh, not only did I get a recorded version of my performance that night, which goes beyond just the 
you know, uh, eye staring contest, but you get to go in front of the, you know, up to eight people that are in that room and you get to talk without any rehearsed material and really just kind of what's coming up in the moment for you. And one of the things to connect with the audience was instead of me shooting my eyes from like one person to the next, to the next, to the next back and forth, it was, I have to take one deep breath minimum before I switch my gaze and move on to somebody else. And that was profound because it was difficult for me to first of all do that. And then it brought awareness to the fact that when I'm when I was coaching group classes or in larger groups, I did not do that. I was shifting my eyes so fast back and forth, not really connecting with anybody. It was just like me projecting and talking. But there was such a difference when I locked eyes with somebody took a nice deep breath and really embraced that silence, um, you know, with not as much being said. Becoming a better listener is a massive part of connecting with people. And Mizba said one of the major keys to listening better is eye contact. That's something that we really go in depth uh, within the course is how do you become a better listener? That's something that people talk a lot about. And uh, there, there's many techniques to do it. But I, I think it really comes back to starting with the basics of eye contact. Really connect with that person, take a nice deep breath and try to remove, you know, the narrator inside your head and really just hone in on what that person is saying. Uh, and, and just that little trick alone of you kind of keeping eye contact, connecting with them, uh, you know, slowing down your own breathing and your own thought processes, you'd be surprised at how much more connected you feel leaving that conversation and how the person on the receiving end might walk away feeling a little more uh, seen, heard and understood. Up to this point, we've addressed some of the easier changes to implement. Eye contact might be awkward at first. Turning the focus inwards and noticing your patterns can be a tough pill to swallow. But now I want to dive into something Mizba mentioned that brought up some of my past patterns. Mizba is great at making people feel safe in conversations. If you have ever had a conversation with a guy, you really feel like you can tell him anything. And this skill is because of the pain that Mizba brought up in the beginning of this episode. I don't like for somebody that's in front of me to feel out of place or awkward or uncomfortable, partly because I felt that feeling a lot. So I will, with my body language or with my eyes and with my hands or with what I'm saying, for some reason I can, I pick up on that a little bit. I'm Maybe I'm not always right, but I have this intuitive sense for when that's happening. And I like to do what I can, uh, you know, from what I've learned to be able to like disarm any of that discomfort at times and, and like really kind of make them feel safe. This really is important because as Mizba mentioned, we have this background biological tendency to be constantly assessing, am I safe? If you aren't making the people in your life feel safe, their reaction is to be defensive and closed off. And that doesn't make for deep connection or fulfilling relationships. A human instinct is we're always walking around trying to check a box in our heads that says, am I safe? Is my full self welcome here? And that is when we allow our all the awkwardness, all the nuances of, you know, what we love about ourselves, what we may not like about ourselves to kind of be present with whoever it is, how you are with your friends and how open you are with them. You know, why is it that that changes when you're now in an office setting or business setting, right? We're, we're constantly asking that question, is my full self welcome here? And so to me, it's always like just being aware of that and, and trying to make, uh, allow people and give them the space to be able to feel that way. 
Something Mizba does to create a safe space actually brings up a recurring pattern I've had to work on. Mizba will acknowledge how he perceives other people are feeling emotionally to remove barriers to connection. Here's an example. We all feel like six core emotions. For example, anxiety is something that might fall into the fear bucket, right? So us being able to recognize that when a client is feeling a bit of fear or they look a little scared or hesitant, let's say they're coming uh, into the gym, they've never been in a gym setting before, they feel really nervous about, you know, barbells being around, they don't want to be involved with that, or they're just really insecure about working out in front of other people, just you recognizing and being like, uh, you seem you seem a little scared and taking a bit of pause and allowing them to process that and either confirm what you said is true. You know, yeah, I am scared. And then going into whatever explanation that they might have or, you know what, it's, it's not really fear. I'm not, I'm not feeling scared. I'm actually feeling this. And that just opens up conversation and gives us more layers to kind of work with. I know I personally feel resistance to acknowledging people's emotional states explicitly once I've picked up on them. But unacknowledged emotion can have a major effect on communication. It may show up in the form of them uh, having a barrier that is unspoken. So they may not feel comfortable expressing that they're feeling that fear. Um, they may not fully be honest with you and tell you what is actually holding them back. There could even be a sense of shame that's involved where it's like, oh, like... I don't feel so good now. I feel like I should be able to do this or why don't I feel comfortable? Um, it can show up in a ton of ways. So I think having that awareness to be able to, we say making the implicit explicit, right? So it's always a great idea when you sense something in the air, like your gut is telling you that, well, this needs to be vocalized, right? Even if it's a situation like you're, you care about somebody, right. And you're feeling a ton of gratitude towards them, you know, just cause you're thinking that in your head doesn't mean that they pick up on that and are feeling that you feel that. So being able to make that implicit explicit being like, you know, I I'm, I'm really appreciative of, you know, what you said today in the meeting or that really touched me or connected with me, whatever it might be. Um, making that vocal can really, um, be a big deal for the person on the receiving end. If you are explicit about emotions, it can open up a conversation that can remove barriers to connection. By opening up and expressing your own emotions, like gratitude, you can also deepen connection and remove barriers to it. But both of those things are scary. So since we are loss-averse creatures, here is the cautionary tale and your incentive. Mizba and I were speaking in the context of losing clients, but you can see the parallels in this to any relationship. They stay there for three months, six months, nine months, maybe even 12 months, and then they leave. You know, what? what is the reason behind that? You know, is there something implicit that was never made explicit? Um, a lot of times people will never fully open up to you about, okay, why is it that they really left? Did they uh, stop feeling cared for? Did they stop feeling understood and heard? Was there something in that uh, relationship that wasn't addressed, which then now led to, you know, them leaving? So even though this feels scary, if you don't acknowledge emotions, you risk loss. And that is even scarier. I know I sometimes feel like I need to wait until the perfect time to address things with people. But there is no perfect time. 
and Mizba discusses how you can create space in a productive way when you may be dealing with conflict, confrontation, and expressing how you feel. There is no right time. It's like, this is something, trust me, I've experienced it. I've, I've pushed off things for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's like, there's never a perfect time. But if you can have the courage in that moment to be like, Hey, um, do you mind if we, can we chat for a bit? Can we, can we talk about this? Um, this has been something that's on my mind. Maybe now is not the right time, but do you think we could address this at some point? Like whatever language feels most comfortable to you, having some of that, um, you know, some of that basic, uh, principle in mind where it's like, yeah, right now in front of all these people may not be the time to discuss this, but this is definitely something that's been on my mind. Would it be okay if we addressed it later? Like it's, it's something that in and of itself is a little bit uncomfortable for a lot of people, but if you can have the courage to just start that, everything else will kind of follow, you know, it becomes easier once you kind of jump into that cold pool. As promised, Nisbet talked about one of the major lessons he has taken from his comedy practice that he is working on in day-to-day communication. If you have fear of making the implicit explicit, this is a great way to practice getting over it. Trying to put down the filter a little bit, right? It's very easy. Uh, and this is something by no means have I mastered yet. I'm still kind of learning more and letting it kind of marinate in my brain and it's still kind of soaking it all in. But it's really kind of taking some of the filters down and not being afraid to say certain things that you're thinking. So that idea of like having to sound polished and professional and perfect all the time versus, you know, what do kids do, right? There's like no filter. They'll say what's on their mind. Even if it's awkward, it's like, all right, we're moving on to the next thing before you know it. If you enjoyed this episode, pick one action that you learned and write down how you will implement it today. A good place to start would be having a conversation that's been sitting on the shelf a little too long. And definitely check out Mizba's new course, the Art and Science of Connection at theairbornemind.com slash AOC. That will also be linked up in the show notes to this episode. And to be completely honest with you, I haven't decided which show I want to release yet next week, but I promise it will be great. So make sure you are subscribed to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. It's simple. Just pick a star rating and tell everyone your favorite episode or why you like the show. If you want to learn how to get leaner, stronger, and perform better, visit beyondmacros.com to join our free macro counting mini course today. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you next week.